Hey guys, welcome to episode six of the Payday Podcast. My name is Caitlin and I'm here with my co-host Sergio. Hello, hello. And we're here to teach you about the everyday financial terms and concepts that affect your paycheck. This payday, we'll be discussing something that almost everyone will have at some point in their life, a loan. What they are, why you may need them, and their effect on your financial wellness. Now remember, we're not financial experts, so we're learning these things right along beside you, and we'll try to explain it as easily and thoroughly as possible. Thanks again for joining. This is Payday. Payday podcast coming at you on the first of May. It's gonna be May. Ooh, the first of May. Do you know how exciting May is? How exciting is it's it? It's super exciting because it's like you're right there. You're like knocking on on summer's doorstep. I'm waiting to get in the pool. I've been in my pool. Well, you have a heated pool. I know, but now I don't have to heat it. <laughs> I'm super excited. It's May, May first. That means like. The kids are about to get out of school in a couple of weeks. Summer's starting. The weather's going to be consistently warm, hopefully. You know, it's super exciting. I'm just looking forward to the first calendar holiday for us corporate eight to five workers, which is Memorial Day at the end of the month. See, that doesn't work for car salesmen. We have to work those days. Oh, well, do you get a two-day weekend? (laughs) No, no. But that's okay. It's okay. So before we get too far into this, let's kick a shout out to the sponsors. Wavespace Audio, facebook.com slash Wavespace Audio for the audio tracks. He always does great stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Young Ideas, Dish, for all of your Dish network and Google product needs. So thanks, guys. Thank you so much. So we're here. What are we talking about today? Something that can be pretty scary if you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Okay. We're talking about loans. Ooh, that can be scary. Yes. And I think this is going to be a really important episode because I think a loan is something that 99% of us will have in our lives. If you're in the top 1%, which is nobody I know, and probably nobody you know, they don't need loans because, you know, they were born with that kind of money. But everyone else needs a loan. For a lot of us, it's what? Like... Let's name some examples. We have school loans. We have car loans. We have payday loans for smaller things, mortgages for houses, um, people wanting to open up a business, get a business loan. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds. And then that's even when if you want fun stuff, like if you want an RV or if you want a boat or a side by side or anything like that, you beach s- house. You got to spend money to make money. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yep. All right, so let's just get right into it. A loan. What is it? What is a loan? So according to NerdWallet, a loan is a sum of money that you borrow from a financial institution like a bank, a credit union, an online lender, something like that, or just a person like a friend or a family member, and you pay that friend or that entity back in full at a later date 
typically with some interest. Mm-hmm. Especially with family. There's more interest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all loans have similar attributes. There are different types of loans, though, depending on what you're using them for. Um, so what what makes up a loan? What what parts come with a loan other than, you know, the money? So loans generally have four primary features, and some of these might sound familiar. So we got principal, we have interest, installment payment, and term. And really understanding each of these is going to help you decide if a loan is going to be suitable for the purpose and for whatever you need it for and how affordable it is to you. So going over those four, let's start off with principal. And I think this is probably one of the most common known terms, but principal is the amount of money that you borrowed from your lender or your family member. So it could be $500,000 for a new house, or maybe you borrowed $500 from your dad for a car repair or something like that. So this is like, like when you buy a $20,000 car, uh, plus tax title license, let's say you're 22,500. That is your principal. 22,500 is like, it's basically your cash price. Same thing on a mortgage. If a mortgage costs a hundred thousand dollars, once you do your, you know, your tax doc fees, all that hundred and let's say $102,000. That is your, if you bring cash to the table, this is the actual principal that you own. Yep. So. That is the principal. Literally the amount you took out. Okay. So now let's talk about interest. This might be another common term that people have heard of. So the interest rate is the cost of the loan and it's how much you have to pay back in addition to the principal. So lenders determine your interest rate based on different factors such as the type of loan, um, your credit score and how much time that you're requesting to repay back the loan. And interest is different than than like annual percentage rate, like APRs, which we're not really going to get into. But basically, the longer you have the loan or the longer it takes you to pay back, the more in interest you're going to pay as well. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's always very important to try to pay your loans off as quickly as possible so you pay less interest. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's a term that I wasn't very familiar with, and this is the installment payments. And these are loans that are usually repaid at a regular cadence, typically monthly to a lender. And your monthly payment is commonly a fixed amount. So just you have it set up to be paid back, let's say if it takes 12 months, and they set it up to where you make an install payment once a month, and that's, that's it, mm -hmm. it's, it's paid in full. So not bad. And then we're also gonna talk about something called term, a loan term. And this is how much you have to repay the loan in full. Depending on the type of loan, the term can be a range from a few weeks to several years. It really just depends on how much you take out and how quickly you can pay it back. Yeah, and then, you know, the other thing too is about a loan is, you know, what kind of loan do you need and why do you need it? So for the majority of people, a paycheck is not enough to make a big financial purchase, something like a car, motorcycle, boats, RVs. Just because you make a big salary doesn't mean that you receive your salary all in one paycheck. It's spread out over a period of time over the course of a year. Hence paydays. Yeah. So in order to receive a large sum of money all at once to make a big purchase, then a loan is what's necessary. 
So there's different kinds of loans. Uh, according to corporatefinanceinstitute.com, we're going to be talking about five different types of loans. Let's get into those five loans. Yes, we can do it. So the first one we're going to talk about is called a secured loan. Um, and for secured loans, the lender typically uses a physical asset, like let's say your home or your car, to try to secure its money if for some reason you can't repay the loan back as you previously agreed. Um, the lender bases your interest rate on that asset as well as your credit score and your credit history. So secured loans typically have lower interest rates than unsecured loans. So a few good examples of this would be a mortgage or an auto loan when you're buying something that's worth a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. So very typical. Um, you see these a lot. People get these all the time. So those were secured loans. So now we'll talk about unsecured loans. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> so lenders that offer unsecured loans they base your interest rate on your credit score, your credit history, your income, and the existing debt that you already have. So if you don't pay back the loan as you agreed with the lender, the lender can't seize any of your assets. So they can't seize your house, they can't seize your car, but it can report the default to the credit bureaus, which is gonna hurt your credit score and your ability to get another loan in the future. Mm-hmm. Not fun. Show not. Not fun. Because heads up, in order to get a loan, you need a decent credit score. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. It doesn't have to be excellent, but it does have to be yeah. average, above yes. average. Yes, yes. And unlike secured loans, unsecured loans typically come with a higher interest rate, you know, um, and smaller loan amounts because, you know, you might, you're not buying a big asset like a house or a car. So the interest rate's higher, but... In the end, you're probably still paying back a smaller amount. So these would be things like student loans for education, which we know have typically pretty high interest rates. We're talking five, six percent, um, a personal loan or just a payday loan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Try to avoid payday loans. Yes. Just saying. Yeah, we could have a whole episode on those things. Yes. Let's not do that. No. We're called payday, but we don't support payday <laughs> loans. All right. So we hope you're still with us. We're, we're halfway done, so let's keep going. So now we're going to talk about open-ended loans. So in an open-ended loan, an individual or a person has the freedom to borrow over and over. Um, so credit cards and lines of credit are perfect examples of open-ended loans, um, although they both have credit restrictions. So... You know, I mentioned a credit limit. So a credit limit is the highest sum of money that you can borrow at any point. So depending on how, what your, whatever your financial wants are, you may choose to use all or just a portion of your credit limit. So for example, if you're given a credit card with a $1,000 credit limit, you can use all $1,000. You can buy a bunch of stuff that adds up to a thousand dollars. You can buy one thing that costs a thousand dollars, or you can spend twenty bucks on it. Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So, every time the person pays for an item with their credit card, the remaining ba balance of the credit decreases. So then you'd have what nine thousand nine hundred eighty dollars. Yeah, no, and or, then, excuse me, nine hundred eighty dollars. Yeah, and then you high. and then you make that payment, and then you got a thousand dollars again. Yep, and your credit score went up mm -hmm. as long as you paid on time. That's true. 
Yeah. So open-ended loans is basically a credit card or a line of credit. So now let's get into closed-ended loans. I want to know who came up with these names. <laughs> not us. No, we did not. Somebody way more clever than us. So with closed-ended loans, a person is not allowed to borrow again until they have repaid the lender. So as one makes repayments of the closed-ended loan, the loan balance decreases. However, if the borrower wants more money, he needs to apply for another loan from scratch. So let's say you took out a $1,000 loan for something. Turns out you need 500 extra more dollars. You're going to have to take out a completely brand new second loan. Because mm -hmm. that loan was only mm -hmm. for the $1,000 and nothing changes those terms unless you get another loan or refinance or whatever. Yep, yep. So some great examples of a closed-ended loan would be a mortgage. So if you take out a mortgage and you realize your mortgage isn't going to cover the house you want, you can't just ask for more money for that, mm -mm. you know, loan. You have to take out a second mortgage, which you should never do. No, mm -hmm. let's not do that. This also includes student loans and auto loans. Do you, you work in cars? Do people ever take out a second auto loan? Um, you mean on the same car? Yeah. No, I really hope not. Um, it's kind of hard on an auto loan to do that because technically there's collateral. It's a secured loan. So it's hard to get a second loan on something that you technically don't already own. Um, but on a house you can. I mean, you see that pretty frequently on a house. People take out a second. They even take out a third mortgage, I think, on a house. So I think the bigger the asset and obviously the more value the more they're more they're letting you take out basically letting you take out up to the value of the of the property interesting so you know if your property's valued at a million dollars and your first loan was only five hundred thousand yeah they might let you take out another 250 and then somewhere down the road maybe another 250 because all that's going to equal that million dollars but yeah on a car not really not so much yeah good to know all right, so we're at the end here. So the last loan we're going to talk about, and this one's really short, we're going to talk about conventional loans. And I couldn't find a lot of information on this because a conventional loan is basically the term that's used when you're applying for a mortgage. And what this really just is, is a loan that's not insured by government agencies, such as maybe like the Rural Housing Service. It's just, yeah, not insured by the government. That'd be like a, like the... the um... Like the FDA loans and the FHA and all that, right? Aren't those like non-conventional? Mm, I, I, I th because I think yes. they're insured yes. by yes. entities. Mm -hmm. So by the Federal Housing Administration, yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we know that was a lot of information. I'm sure what I the first ones I mentioned you might have forgot about already, but don't worry. We are going to provide you guys a snapshot of these different types of loans in our show notes, and you can see what their terms are, their interest rates. So. If one day you ever need one of these loans, you kind of have an idea of what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. So the next thing we're going to look at is what to consider when taking out a loan. If you're looking to make a big purchase, here are some of the things you should consider before making the decision to take out that loan. Number one, why do you need the money? Is it for a big purchase like a home or a car or is it for an emergency? According to CNBC, about 69% of Americans don't even have $1,000 saved up for emergencies. That's not good. Mm -mm. You know, number two, 
know all of your loan options and where to get them. One of the best and easiest places to first look to take out a loan is your bank. Duh, all your money's in there. You see them, what, once a week, twice a week, you know, once every two weeks, twice a month. Mm -hmm. You're already their customer and they want to maintain a good relationship with their customer. And if you've been a good loyal customer, of course, they're going to consider giving you a loan. Yeah, um, a lot of people don't consider this. If you have a credit union and you bank with them, give them a shot. Because most of the time, the credit unions are even more eager to lend you money. And usually they're pretty ag aggressive with their rates. So that's something to consider too. If you have, some people think like, oh, credit union's like a little mom and pa agency. Dude, those mom and pa agencies, they got to stay in business somehow. And they stay in business by lending you money, mm -hmm. lending you big money. So check out a bank, check, check out a credit union. Um, and, and if you have more time, by all means, please do your own research and just see which bank or which lender, you know, is going to give you the best deals and the best interest rates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And number three, number three thing to think about is know how much you need to borrow and to pay it back. Think about what can you realistically afford? You may be able to make the monthly payment, but can you really afford it? According to a recent Harvard study, nearly, nearly 40 million Americans are living a home they're living in a home that they can't afford. So the total amount repayable, think about that. This is the amount you borrow plus the interest you'll end up paying over the life of a loan. So when you're thinking about what you can afford, consider the monthly payment, but most importantly, consider the total amount that you end up paying back. Another thing to think about is your credit score and your history. Your credit score is going to indicate what size loan that you're going to qualify for. So a higher credit score can give you low rates, low payments, and usually overall better savings. We're not gonna go into too much about that today. Uh, that's probably for another episode. But if you're wondering what your credit score is, you can use something like Credit Sesame or the app Credit Karma. Those things are a guide. I always tell people, Credit Karma is a guide. It's not, it's not an exact science. I deal with a lot of people in the car business like, my Credit Karma is a 650. It's like, yeah, so your credit score is probably like a 580. But that's not what Credit Karma says. I know, but that's what logic says. Like, once we actually run it, you're not... Like, I don't know anybody whose Credit Karma score is accurate. Like, I've never met a customer that's like, oh, I'm a 725, and their credit score is a 724. It's like, it's not an exact science. Mm -mm. So, just remember that. It's a good tool. It's a guide. It's really a guide. And that being said, too, as an American consumer, you're actually entitled to get a free copy of your credit report. Um, from one of the three credit bureaus, either Equifax or TransUnion or Experian, and you get one free copy every year. And we can provide a link for you guys to access that. Yes, you're, the government mandated that. I think it was like 05 or 06 when they mandated that, where you're able to get a free copy. Now, it's a free copy of your report to see what's on the report. If you want your score, you have to pay for that. But you can at least see what's on there. And again, it's a guide. It gives you an idea of where you're at. You know, what are you doing well? What are you not doing well? So another thing to think about when you're getting a loan is the exact term of the loan, including the APR and all the hidden fees. So before you sign the papers on your shiny new loan, make sure you fully understand the terms of this loan. Know the annual percentage rate, also known as the APR, and the total cost that you'll pay for the loan, as well as any and all fees you will incur throughout the loan. Now, these fees could be loan processing fees, failed payment fees, prepayment penalties, late payment fees. You should also know how the interest is calculated on the loan. When interest gets compounded, it builds on top 
of previously existing interest while you work on paying off the loan. It's typically going to be calculated on either a monthly or a daily basis. So making additional payments or early payments can always help reduce the cost. The goal here is to read through all of your loan documentation to make sure that you understand what you're getting into. A loan is a contractual ob obligation. By breaking that contract, you're only going to be hurting yourself financially. Don't do it. Don't do it. Take your time. Research. See how much you can afford. Add up all your bills. Know ahead of time. It's a big deal, guys. Read the fine print. Yes. Yes. You have to read all of it. And if you don't understand it, make someone explain it to you. Read the fine print. We'll end it there. Woohoo! It is time for Sergio and I to give our own personal advice or our two cents about today's episode content. Okay, so my advice or two cents about today's topic of loans is that if you're listening to this, hopefully you already have a credit score. But if you don't, you need to start gaining a credit score now. So you want to begin building your credit score as early as possible. And I'm talking like your first job. I mean like your late teens, your late teens, early 20s. You need to begin building your credit. Because by the time you're in your mid to late 20s, that might be a time in your life, at least by then, that you might need to take out, if you haven't taken out a student loan already, you might need to take out an auto loan. Maybe you're looking to get a mortgage. And then when that time comes, you're going to want to have a decent credit score to get you good rates, to get you a high amount, to get you a lower interest rate. They look at your credit score. So if your credit score is pretty crappy or next to nothing, you ain't going to get a good rate. It's mm -mm. not going to happen. You know, I was raised to avoid credit cards, you know, because my parents wanted to raise me to not be in debt. They didn't want me to be irresponsible with my money, to have debts I couldn't pay back. But they also did not stress to me how important a credit score is. So when I got out of college, I had a very, very low, poor credit score. And I ended up taking out like four or five credit cards, started using them just to get my credit score built up. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how bad it really was. Well, that's a very good point. Mm -hmm. Here's my cent. I don't think it's two cents. It might be, be one. If you're gonna, if you're not gonna read the fine print on these loans, because granted, these loans have like tons of pages. I do this for a living. Tons of pages. If you're not gonna read the fine print, at least read the pages that summarize. Read the page that summarizes the loan amount, the interest rate, the term, the fees, etc. Those are usually the first few pages of most loan documents. So it's not really hard to see it. Like when you buy a car, the first four or five pages, when you buy a mortgage, you know, buy a house, the first four or five pages, a credit card, personal loan, all of them have some kind of summary. At least read that to know what you're getting into. On a loan, I do have two cents. On a loan, don't shop the best monthly payment only. Sales price, interest rate, and term are gonna determine your overall cost of ownership, not the monthly payment. Some lenders will put you in a loan that's not beneficial to you long-term just because you were only worried about the monthly payment. I have seen it. I've had customers, I sell cars for a living. I've had customers that are like, I want a $500 a month payment. And it's like, okay, cool. I need to put you into an 84 month loan. That's and it, all they hear is $500 a month payment. You got it done. It's like, should I put you in an 84 month loan? No. 
You should have gotten a 72 month loan. You should have gotten a 60 month loan. Should have got something shorter because guess what? That 84 month loan is an extra year on most conventional auto loans. You're gonna pay more in interest and, you're, and because you pay more in interest, you pay more in overall costs. So yeah, you got your $500 a month payment, but if you had let me put you into that 525, 540 a month payment, you would have shaved off an extra year, year and a half. And at the, in the grand scheme of things, you would have saved more money on the total amount financed. But you run into these customers that are so like blinded by payment. All I care about is payment. And they don't realize that sometimes all they're doing is shooting themselves in the foot. You run into a sales guy or a finance guy that doesn't give a dang about you, they are gonna rape you, period. Just because all you cared about was your payment. I've seen it happen way too many times where the customer is just like, this is the payment I want. All I care about is payment. They don't care how it got done. They don't care that they got put into a car that they will never get out of, you know, financially, that they're just stuck financing that thing forever. They don't care about that. All they care about is their payment. Do not do that. Think, look at the whole picture. It's okay to ask questions and it's okay to say, Hey, you know what? This is my $500 a month payment at 84 months. Do you mind showing me what the 540 a month payment at 72 or 66 months is going to look like? Because guess what? That summary page is going to show you a breakdown and it's going to break down the extra interest you're going to pay, the extra everything. You're going to be able to see the difference. It's okay to ask that question. It's okay to ask for documentation. And a good finance person is going to read it to you and they're going to hold your hand and they're going to try and educate you as much as they can. But at the end of the day, we can only educate you as much as you want to learn. And when you're dealing with a 40, 50 page contract, 100 page contract when you buy a house, some people don't want to read it. Read some of it. I read mine. The whole thing? Um, Every part they went over and then some, but I also had a person there explaining everything to me. And he answered most of my questions before I asked them, but I still asked some and I made them explain to me. And I could tell they were trying to get me like in and out of there because this was the end of the year. I think they had a dozen appointments that day to get people to sign houses. And I was like, nope, I'm going to take my time and you're going to explain this to me so I understand what I'm signing because this isn't, you know, a $500 loan. This is a lot of money. So I've been selling cars for seven years and I've probably sold, eh, let's say a thousand cars, maybe more. Probably more. Maybe one in a hundred asked me to go through it. Most people don't even want me to go through it. Most people don't even want to hit the high points. All they care about is like, what's my what's my payment and when's my first payment due? And that's usually all they ask. And sometimes I'll start giving them the information They're like, no, no, we're good. Okay. I mean, I've done my, I've tried to do my part. Legally, I've done what I'm supposed to do. So you'd be surprised how many people don't care. And then six months down the road, they're like, I didn't know I was getting into a seven, eight year car loan. Well, yeah, you did. You signed for it. You signed every single one of those, one of those dots. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't know that you, you did this to me. No, I didn't. I didn't. And, and my phrase is always that I put a gun to your head and make you sign this contract. No. Okay. I've done my job. Nobody's going to sue me because I've done my job. Well put. Yeah. So do the, do the dirty work. Read. Ask questions. Ask questions, yes. And research. Read, ask questions, and research. Mm, I like it. Mm -hmm. So that's going to wrap up episode six, right? Yes. Six episodes. Half a dozen. I know. High five. Bam. Look at this. Boom. Mm, you hear the high five. Yes. So our next episode will be on... May 15th. May 15th. 
That's really close to summer. I know. It's getting there. Super excited. You should be. Is that close to Mother's Day? I think you passed Mother's Day at that point. I think you've already let frogged it. Oh. And then you're working your way to Father's Day, which applies to me. Ah, I must be a horrible daughter because I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us um, on this sixth episode of the Payday Podcast, a podcast that educates finance to all, brought to you by everyday people. Again, our next episode is going to be released on May 15th. So in the meantime, if you have a financial topic or a question that you want us to discuss on the show, you can send us an email at payday0115 at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at payday0115. Thanks so much for joining, guys. We'll see you next time. Later. Bye.